uh, this evening. We are very privileged to have once again our own Inayat Wadi joining us, uh, having a very busy time indeed. And inshallah, um, I've decided the topic is a tour with uh, Dr. Mads Gilbert and uh, the media houses flooded with him and he making a difference, especially, you know, their own kind talking to them. I mean, if we had a Muslim talking on uh, mainstream media and say, oh, you know, this is a, the in-house problem, but uh, the stroke of genius of bringing him on and, and making a difference. Uh, let's welcome you and Inayat Wadi on to the program, Truthful News with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening, Inayat. Walaikum salam wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum to all your listeners. Alhamdulillah, doing uh, exceptionally well, a bit tired. Obviously, this has been a whirlwind uh, tour, uh, Shafat. Uh, it's been back-to-back tours. It's been back-to-back events, uh, all sorts of events, uh, press briefings, uh, public events, uh, meeting uh, finalities. And uh, in between, uh, there's been a lot of interviews. There's been a huge uh, interest uh, with uh, Dr. Mess Gilbert's uh, visit to South Africa, clearly from mainstream media. And I want to say up front, Shafat, that this is the very first time where we've seen uh, the attention of the uh, media drawn to a single event or a single uh, uh, single uh, personality in uh, Dr. Mads Gilbert. And uh, alhamdulillah, all of that was achieved because we've seen media right across South Africa, both from the uh, digital platforms, on the written platforms, radios, television, right across the country, and uh, having been exposed to all forms of media. And that not only includes... Uh, South African media, uh, we had a press briefing in Cape Town where there was international media as well. We had the uh, Chinese global network that had shown interest. We had Russia today that had shown interest, uh, Al Jazeera. So it's been, uh, it's been uh, for South Africa, uh, I must say that uh, what was achieved in South Africa, I don't think was achieved in any other country from a media exposure perspective. Yeah, the Baraka flowed and our parliament, uh, you know, uh, voted uh, yesterday, uh, uh, you know, to have the embassy, uh, uh, you know, move, removed and, and so forth. Uh, the, I'm talking about the Zionist Israeli embassy and uh, Dr. Matt Gilbert bring, uh, I mean, uh, bringing the focus to South Africa and making the, you know, the statement that, uh, you know, we are serious about things. And, uh, you know, how did it make uh, you personally, how did it make you feel in it, you know, being a part of a country, being part of a team that has conscientized uh, not only the South African media, but the world media to what's happening. And many look at South Africa as a land of, uh, you know, a former apartheid state that was uh, disowned uh, by the Britishers and the Americans, and that they left them alone. And now, perhaps the noise made by a former apartheid state against the apartheid state. And here we have Dr. Mads Gilbert, yourself, and many other members who already, you know, have uh, done their bit on uh, uh, the mainstream media in IS. Well, Shavad, one thing I must uh, say that uh, South Africa is held in very, very high regard when it comes to the uh, struggle uh, for the Palestinian cause. And uh, we speak to people out of Palestine, to analysts, to politicians, uh, to media people in Palestine. And they always refer to South Africa and they look at South Africa as an example, uh, particularly uh, having come from an ugly uh, era of apartheid, of segregation, racial segregation. And uh, this is the reason why South Africa is held in very, very high regard. 
And at the same time, uh, South Africa has got the necessary structures uh, from an activism perspective, on a political perspective, media, all of it. We've got all of that in place and even in terms of relief uh, efforts. So they are looking at South Africa to a large extent to provide them with some sort of direction, with some sort of uh, uh, guidance. I belong to an international forum right across the entire world, and this was formed about three weeks ago. And uh, year again, uh, it was mentioned that uh, we need to look at South Africa because South Africa can actually lead the way. So this theory is, uh, you know, for South Africa, it's a feather in the cap. But also at the same time, you know, when you speak about government and government support and the vote that has taken place uh, in a parliament, and uh, yet again, uh, we were able to network with uh, many prominent politicians right across the uh, political spectrum in South Africa to with many parties as well that are supportive of the Palestinian cause. Uh, just to give you an example, during the uh, tour that we had, uh, in Johannesburg, we had uh, Ronnie Castles, a former Minister of Intelligence. Uh, he was he shared the platform with Dr. Matt Gilbert. In Durban, we had uh, Chief Mandela Mandela, who shared the platform. Uh, the former Minister of Health, very easy, was on this platform. When you look at uh, Pretoria, we had the Deputy Secretary General of the ANC. We had uh, Nambula Mokunyani. In Cape Town, we had people like Reverend Alan Busak. So we had people from right across the uh, political uh, spectrum uh, sharing this platform. And that actually gave it a lot more impetus. And uh, even from a political perspective, from a support perspective, uh, this was recognized by the South African government. They were members of parliament, like uh, Imam uh, Sheikh Mandur Imam Ahmed. He was uh, uh, present at one of the events as well. And we know that he's been quite relentless in parliament and at every opportunity he's had, he's spoken about the cause of Palestine. So all of that put together has contributed to a large extent uh, to our campaign and to uh, the visit of Dr. Mess Gilbert, where he created uh, not a, well, the political awareness was there all the time, but uh, I would say that it actually enhanced the struggle and uh, also provided the government uh, to act with a sense of urgency. And this is the result why we've seen uh, this vote uh, that uh, has uh, taken in Parliament yesterday. Yes, uh, you know, uh, when you uh, look at uh, the uh, feelings of uh, Dr. Mads Gilbert, how did he feel? I mean, thus far, everything seemed uh, brilliant indeed. And, you know, any negativity, any uh, media houses that uh, refused interviews and so forth, Inayat? Uh, well, we had uh, one in particular that refused uh, the opening uh, day when he had arrived. Uh, they had uh, told us that they cancelled the interview. And uh, the reason that was given is uh, it's in the interest of their listenership. And uh, they've just given so much coverage to Gaza and they need to start focusing on other things. But uh, the moment uh, that had actually went out, there was a lot of pressure that was put on this uh, particular media house. And uh, they actually uh, then uh, called up and uh, then they asked for an interview again. So that was the one instance. But in most cases, uh, many of the media houses uh, accepted and uh, they honored the uh, interview, and uh, we just couldn't cover everyone uh, in fact, uh, In fact, there were more, there were some that were actually left out because of time constraints, and uh, 
the limited time that he was here. But uh, and uh, you must also remember that in between reaching out to South African media, in between all the interviews that he had conducted with South African media, radio, television, uh, print media, where we had press briefings, uh, one of the uh, largest uh, media houses in on the African continent uh, had uh, arranged a press briefing for us in Cape Town. So that is the level of interaction we had with the media uh, throughout the entire campaign. You know, the, and it just seems that the baraka flows, uh, you know, and truth always prevails and falsehood perishes. Uh, you know, looking deep into the Al-Shifa hospital, and, you know, I was amazed to uh, learn the other day that it was built by the uh, Israeli construction company, Naif. Well, Shafat, you know, this is quite interesting because Dr. Matt Gilbert uh, came out uh, at a time when the uh, healthcare services were being targeted. And uh, the first day that he had arrived and when I had met him at the airport, and already at that point in time, he was in quite a state. In fact, uh, when he had landed and between the time that he had, uh, uh, he had, uh, he had to meet us and and that he's now passing through customs and uh, meeting us and getting into the airport building. He had already conducted one interview with Al Jazeera because at that point in time, the Shifa hospital was already under attack uh, by the Israeli occupying army. And uh, when he had uh, got into the airport building and uh, the very first question I asked him in terms of how he's doing, and I couldn't even ask him how was his flight. And he says, uh, I would rather be in Gaza than uh, being in South Africa right now. Now, that was the state of his mind because that news had just broken as he had arrived. And this is uh, a hospital that he's very, very passionate about. He's worked there for many, many years. In the last 15 years, he's worked with the doctors. He's uh, seen so much trauma in that hospital. And to see uh, that hospital, and he spoke uh, a lot even during his presentation, he spoke about his interaction with people. Uh, he referred to people, doctors that were close to him, uh, patients that he had helped, and he maintained this relationship with patients. Some of them had actually grown up. And um, initially, uh, he was getting a lot of news coming out of Al-Shifa Hospital. But once they had entered Al-Shifa Hospital, there was a communication blackout. And I think this was a huge, this was a massive concern to him because now he was getting absolutely nothing coming out of Al-Shifa. So, you know, all of that had uh, put him into a very, very uh, a different state of mind, a concerned state of mind. He was full of worry throughout uh, the entire tour. And also, uh, at the same time, not knowing about his colleagues. And then he was getting bits and pieces of information. This one was killed, that one was killed. And some of them were very, very close. Uh, he had actually trained some of these doctors he heard of their death and their martyrdom as well. You know, so it wasn't easy for him to actually absorb and to digest all this information that was coming through to him. So, but between all of that, you know, we still had, uh, I would say, a successful tour in terms of the outcomes that we were hoping for, in terms of reaching out to the media, reaching out to prominent people, reaching out to government, reaching out to the general public. And I must say, these some of the events were absolutely amazing. And I must uh, also hand it to, uh, to people who had, we had partnered with uh, at all the major cities uh, because, uh, you know, they did all the logistics, they did all the preparation for the tour. And I must say it was very, very successful. Alhamdulillah, it was very successful. And uh, once again, 
uh, are looking at our community, the Muslim community, well attended. They came in the thousands in all the cities right across the country. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, we live by what uh, our dean teaches us. We live by uh, the concern that we have for our Muslim brothers. We live by the uh, hadith that speaks about uh, the Muslim ummah being like one body. And we know at this point in time, uh, it's not only a part of the body that is uh, hurting, it's actually hemorrhaging as a result of the genocide and the brutality and the atrocities that had been unfolding. So all of that, you know, makes us very, very passionate. And in one of my addresses as well, you know, I spoke about uh, our responsibility to speak out because when we see evil being done, we are commanded, stop it with your hand. If you can't stop it with your hand, speak out. And uh, uh, at the very least, uh, feel bad in your heart. And this is the second option that we have chosen throughout this entire uh, uh, entire uh, tour of Dr. Matthew, but is to speak out as much as we, we have to. But I think more importantly, to also uh, inspire the Ummah into action. Uh, we need to do what we have to do. We know there's going to be a huge task. There's going to be a massive task. We've heard of the ceasefire that may take place from tomorrow onwards, four, uh, four days of a humanitarian ceasefire. And uh, we know that a lot of aid will go through as well. But uh, there's a lot that we as an Ummah still uh, needs to do. But also, more importantly, when one looks at the Palestinians, when we look at the people of Gaza, really, they've given it all in no other nation. And this is a message that I have repeated over and over again. No other nation in totality has suffered uh, the oceans of injustices in every aspect of their lives. They've given their blood. They've given their lives. And uh, they are shaheed, they are in a better place. Uh, but every, every drop of blood, every life that has been lost is uh, for the Ummah. And uh, they call this the Tufani Aqsa, the Al-Aqsa flood, because the ultimate, the ultimate goal is the liberation of Masjid Al-Aqsa. You know, brilliant indeed, Inayat. I know talking to a member of parliament, Ahmed Manzur, Sheikh Imam, and he told me, you know, Shafat, uh, the heartening thing is that when the vote was uh, being placed at in parliament, EFF, ANC, uh, you know, um, they brought uh, to, to the fore, they tabled uh, this motion. But he said the votes came predominantly, it was the Christians that were voting. And he said, you know, certain Muslim members of other parties uh, were actually voting with their parties, you know, for against the motion. And he said that they actually walked out with their laptop, but they knew what they were doing because they weren't in sight, but they were doing what the party told them to do. They were dictated to that. How do you read into this uh, where you have, uh, you know, uh, a certain party which are blatantly pro, pro-Israelis and you have uh, Muslims uh, being part of uh, uh, the party or being high-ranking members? What's your thoughts on that, Inayat? Well, Shafat, what this, uh, the uh, Gaza atrocities has revealed, and it's actually shown up many people for who they are. And uh, when we look at it from, uh, you know, for political gain, for economic gain, uh, one would actually sell, sell their principles of humanity. And uh, this is not only a South African phenomenon. Uh, we've seen this in the United Kingdom where uh, are a number of Muslim MPs, although they've made certain statements, to be fair on them, that uh, they, they condemn the atrocities, they condemn the genocide, they condemn the brutality. But the fact of the matter is, uh, when you remain in a party, when you remain in a party that adopts a, a, a party line, that uh, Israel has the right to defend itself, when you are part of a party that buys into a narrative 
that is built on lies. And from the very first day that uh, this, uh, from October the 7th, the lies that had actually come out from the beheading of the 40 babies, from what had happened to the women, uh, the 1400 number that they come and they reminded down. And all of that put together, Shafat, tells me that, uh, you know, uh, politicians will be politicians. They cannot be trusted. But also at the same time, one also needs to look at the Muslim Ummah at large. We're talking of local politicians that are affiliated to the uh, uh, to political parties. But let us also look at the Muslim world. Let us also look at the Muslim leadership where they have the capacity to not to allow this to get to the stage. And uh, we heard of the, uh, the, the, the summit that had taken place of Muslim leaders. There were some that were going to take a stronger line. Others uh, voted against it. So again, you know, it's in the interest of uh, maintaining their political positions, their government positions, their economic benefit, all of this put together. And this is said, when you have a major catastrophe like this, we have an ummah that cannot stand together. You know, Inaita, when you talk to mainstream media and you find out some people of a very high academic leaning will talk to you, you know, uh, telling you straight in your face, you know, uh, no matter, okay, we see your point of view and all that. But uh, the bottom line is it is the influencers that run the, uh, the world. In other words, we Westerners run the world. And if you want to support the Zionists, we will support them. Uh, you know what? Uh, tough luck to you. How do you respond to people like that, Inaita? Well, Shafat. You know, if a person's mind is made up, you're not going to change anyone's mind. Okay? That is clear. And this was actually Dr. Alan Busak spoke about this uh, in his address in uh, Cape Town, where we spoke about and he spoke about the government's position as far as Palestine is concerned. But he also went to the extent of saying that the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So even if, for example, the ANC government had actually voted in favor and uh, yesterday that vote was taken, it's the implementation that is going to be important. Also, in terms of their understanding of the conflict is, uh, you know, they still believe in the two-state solution. Uh, they would still um, look at it, you know, purely from a, an economic perspective and already heard about threats that have been made. So well, uh, you know, as Muslims, we actually look at this very, very differently. We look at this conflict and we know that this attack is against people, it's against innocent people. And we've said it over and over again. That And, and to responding to these people, they need to clearly understand that Palestine is not a Muslim cause only. And that is what I keep on telling them. I said, this is a humanity. I've said this before. I said, Palestine is not only about a nation. It is, about, uh, uh, it is about human rights, it is about abuse, it is about people that have been, uh, uh, for the last 75 years, they've been under brutal subjugation, and particularly in the last 15, 16 years in Russia, and people don't understand. But I think, Shafar, I think the eyes of the world has woken up. You're not going to change the mind of certain people, but the eyes of the world, considering the world support, huge support, and Gaza has got the potential of actually uh, uh, dictating what a new world order will look like. You know, we've heard about the world order, we've heard about the new world order over and over again. But I think uh, this time around is going to be very, very different.
Shafat, that uh, the world will be looking at Palestine differently. Every time something is going to go on in Palestine, the world will actually look at Palestine in a very, very different light. And uh, because also what you'll find is uh, if you look at Israel and you look at its influence right across the entire world, this time around, this is a defeat for Israel. And also at the same time, they had this war campaign uh, that uh, they had uh, uh, they had undertaken, and they achieved, they wanted to achieve military objectives, but again we find that they were actually forced, even in what is called a temporary ceasefire. Israel also may always mentioned we will not negotiate with Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization, but even whether it wasn't a direct negotiation, uh, they to a point they had indirectly negotiated with Hamas, and this is the reason why. This temporary ceasefire was called. And also at the same time, we look at the loss of Israel in the world because of its aggressive, its inhumane behavior. They've been taught for who they are and they've been exposed horribly for the blatant lie that they've been feeding the entire world. So I think, you know, that will come up. Truth at the end of the day will prevail. Uh, you know, that is absolutely a brilliant analysis from you. And as we alluded to the fact earlier on that uh, the uh, Israelis have been exposed and uh, mainstream media to some extent uh, have uh, accommodated and have interrogated the fact and looked at the facts and the figures. And they too are startled. Some of uh, you know mainstream uh, high-ranking uh, interviews are shocked at what's going on. And uh, the bottom line here is, you know how these, uh, uh, there are many former, uh, you know, American generals that are talking, their former British generals, are but talking like pro-Palestinian. How seriously can we take these people? You know, by them being, uh, you know, pro-Palestinian, uh, they get our empathy, they get our sympathy. So perhaps getting, uh, gaining our confidence. But uh, these could be wolves in sheepskin or agents uh, that will infiltrate and you know do something else. Uh, Inayat, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've seen many of these reports come through and uh, we've seen very, very uh, prominent figures uh, come through. Scott Ritter, he will he actually led that investigation into uh, mm. weapons of mass destruction in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Iraq. And uh, when one looks at what he's got to say these days as well. And uh, again, you know, there are many, many more. In fact, uh, I've seen uh, a lot come out as well from some of the uh, military people. Uh, there's uh, someone by the name of Ken O'Keefe who was uh, who actually uh, fought, uh, he was in a, uh, in Iraq and he had actually uh, years ago when he had seen through the American agenda he burnt his passport in public and uh, he denounced his American citizenship. When one looks at people like him, they talk and then again we find that on some of the uh, shows and I'm sure you've heard of Pierce Morgan or you've seen he's very much in the news. But there have been many, many mm. voices called on to his show. And uh, these are prominent people that have actually come out. And uh, again, this uh, entire thing that is uh, the entire debacle that is playing out in the media. And they've been horribly, horribly exposed. And uh, people are, people, I mean, there are people that are genuine. Because I don't think the scale of destruction, the scale of devastation that they've seen, they've never, ever seen in their entire lives. You and I have never seen something like this so far in our lifetime. And this is exactly what they're seeing. And naturally, I find that these people are human at the end of the day, and they know the rules of engagement, they know the rules of war, and they know that in this case here, Israel had clearly overstepped its mark. 
and uh, particularly uh, in line with international law, in line with Geneva Convention. These are people that know all these things about, and uh, we cannot discount and say that, you know what, possibly we'll leave clothing, clothing. These people are actually genuine, mm. and I'm sure, and that's why I'm saying is, in this uh, entire uh, 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 atrocity that has been committed, in this genocide that has been committed, Israel has been horribly exposed more ways than once. Yeah, a great point indeed. And then, you know, you look at the masses. I'm talking about the people on the ground. I don't know how true the figures are. They say that 95% of the people on the ground are for Palestine and only 5% for Israel. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Inayat? Okay, it seems that if, uh, we have uh, lost our Inayat uh, Wadi there. But Alhamdulillah, Inayat are making a lot of sense there that, uh, yeah, those are people that come on mainstream yeah. Media people like Scott Ritter, maybe George Galloway, and all these people—they are genuine in what they are saying. They have, uh, you know, investigated, and uh, what they have done is, uh, yeah, taken on uh, the mainstream media, and they've gone to alternative media, and in some cases, uh, some of them can't even come onto, uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, big mainstream media. So they go on to these alternative media and a lot of people do listen to them. So Alhamdulillah, whatever you do, but Alhamdulillah, we have to, uh, you know, embrace and celebrate Inayat and team for bringing out uh, Dr. Mads, uh, Mads Gilbert and making the difference. And, you know, many parli- parliamentarians have used uh, uh, Dr. Mads Gilbert as a source of reference. And I always tell you this, uh, tr- truth shall prevail and uh, falsehood uh, perish. And around the world, that, uh, you know, you look at uh, these uh, people that were blatantly lying before and getting away with their lies are today being exposed. And they're going to, you know, there's desperate measures for them to reenact scenes and to make fools of themselves. And, you know, the camera doesn't lie. It picks up something in the background with these people are, are not aware of. And they'll say, oh, no, suddenly the post is put up and suddenly it's pulled down again because, you know, that thing had our emblem there. It was the Israeli Defense Force showing through and so forth. So this is how it all carries on. And if we don't read in between the lines, then we can, you know, then we should be careful because we can become sheeple, we can be duped. As Malik al-Shabaab said, the media is so powerful. The media is so powerful, it can have you loving the oppressor and hating those that are oppressed. The media is so powerful, it can brainwash millions and millions of people. It can have you, yes, uh, doing all these things. So Alhamdulillah, in the House of Islam, we we are compelled to be on the side of Haq fighting Basel. Truth shall prevail and falsehood uh, perish. So inshallah, a big uh, jazakallah khair to Inayat for joining us there. And it seems like we had a uh, lost connection there. And yes, uh, time for us to go for a break. When we get back, it will be Ahmed Manzoor Sheikh Imam that will be talking to us. And alhamdulillah, someone else uh, that has uh, come to the fore and uh, done what he has done in a manner that, you know, really, I open pray pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most. Let's go to the marketplace and take a break.